but I know a few of you. Rachel, turn again. I got you. Just hang on to it for a few moments as we just look for a minute here. Sunday morning, so we don't have a lot of time, but I appreciate that worship time so much. And Nicole and I had a conversation with Amber yesterday afternoon and just letting her know how much we appreciate her. And for you girls that helped her, Stephanie and Rachel and Emily, we appreciate you so much for giving of yourself. For that time of worship. So we told Amber, the Lord put this on my heart, that, you know, thinking again in terms of team, a team has to, you know, if it's a sports team, they've got to have water, right? And so they wheel the, um, you know, the cart out with the water jugs on it and everything if you're having a team practice all of that. And worship is like hydration for us, right? I mean, we need it. It's so important. And and she, as a worship leader, brings the water of life to us and, and to the body of Christ. So we just really, really appreciate that. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Amber. And um, just also want to let you know that as a ministry, um, Nicole and Rachel and Julie and Kim have all served as volunteers this weekend and many, 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 many hours <laughs> beyond that. And we, when we leave here, we have a team gathering um, for the five of us where we just debrief and all of that and just share and love on one another. And we'll be sharing some Thanksgivings there. But just really encourage you, too, to just let them know. I mean, this is one of the ways that they have taken their position and that they are serving team life. For the, being an ambassador for the Lord, pouring into you and to everybody that ever you know comes to Fall Bible Getaway. So it's just a beautiful picture of what team life really is, just taking us into what we're gonna talk about right now, which is team life relationships. So if you have that sheet, you might wanna take it out. And really, I'm just gonna be sharing from the heart with you this morning. What God just kept putting on my heart is that I knew he wanted us to talk about relationships in regard to being a member of team life and this is one phrase that he just kept just resounding in my spirit was that relationships need to flow from my life relationships need to flow from my life there is a flow that comes from the throne of heaven into our lives Years ago, a woman said this to me, and it rocked my world. I was sharing it in my small group yesterday. She said, the gospel is one directional. And it was when I was in a situation of dealing with a very um, challenging relationship at the time that I just couldn't seem to make right. And she said, the gospel is one directional. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, meaning, you didn't go towards Jesus. He came after you. And everything that he does in your life is him pouring life into you when you had nothing to give back. You had nothing to offer back, but he let it flow. And not only did he just let it flow and hoped maybe if you happened to be in the right place at the right time, 
it might blow over you or hit your toe or you get a little taste of it. Does the Bible talk about he is like a river that comes rushing into our lives, touching all of the deep crevices and dark places. And there's this flow that comes from the throne of heaven. What did it tell us in Colossians? It was the Father's pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Jesus. And that's a whole other study, but if you study the river of God and you think about a river and how it reaches into crevices and creases along a bank that sometimes you can't even see, but it waters them and it hydrates them and it brings life again into those places that could be dry and barren and, you know, have no life in them, but that river will reach in deep. And you know what? There is a throne of love that's been poured into us one directionally. The river does not flow the other way. Now, it is, it is um, counter to our flesh for the river to flow back up to heaven, right? And so what we really want is just this water, like this water of life that's flowing into us to then just come back up into heaven. And, and that's what it is. Every time we resurrect and, and God brings us up in, in our, first of all, in our spirit, and then our mind, will, and emotions, and one day our body, it's like this thing that shouldn't be happening is happening, right? This flow that we get to take back up to heaven, and there's this river of life. And what we want to do, ladies, as members of Team Life, is get as many people into that flow as we possibly can. And it is never our place to push people out of the flow of that river of life ever. But that gets really complicated, right? <laughs> because we all know that relationships are the most life-giving things to us, and they can be the most painful things in our lives, right? I mean, when we looked at chapter 3 the other night, and we, you know, did a soul workout there, most of that stuff is dealing with relationships. Even the stuff about immorality is dealing with the relationship we have with our own but it's also dealing with the relationships that we have with other people where we would take maybe our perversions in ourself, our depravity, and hurt somebody else with it, right? I mean, when we minister in the strip clubs, that's what, you know, the sexual immorality is there. It's men, you know, using that relationship for their own pleasure. It's a, it's a relationship-based issue. And most things in life are. And so the enemy wants to get in and deceive us, just like it talks about in Colossians 2, verse 8. And we can become so deceived about relationships. And we start thinking of building relationships from our own flow of love and what we have available in our small hearts. And we start thinking of relationships in terms of other people giving back to us out of their depraved hearts and their small hearts instead of thinking of relationships as being a flow from heaven that has flowed into our being. Love and life has been poured into us and now we just get to let it flow. We are conduits of the love of God. And it doesn't even make sense that we would ever stop that flow. If the gospel's one directional to me, how can I require somebody else to give me something for me to be able to love them in that way? It just doesn't make sense. And yet, working that out in our mind could take a lifetime to really figure out. Because I know 
that there are stories in this room, we've heard some of them, where we have been so deeply hurt, we feel like we have to cut off the flow, right? We cannot exist in that at all. And yet, at the same time, we read what God's word says and we see how the gospel was so one directional. And we see that it freely flows to us day after day. What does the Bible say? His mercies are new every single morning, right? And it's just flowing into us when we don't deserve it. When maybe all day long yesterday we totally ignored God. And yet we wake up in the morning and his mercies are flowing toward us, right? Maybe we, I mean, willfully, knowingly sinned against God and did exactly what we told him we would never do again the day before. And the next morning we wake up and the flow is flowing, right? Just directionally flowing down to us. And yet, how quick are we sometimes to go, well, yeah, but they, and we cut it off, right? We just cut it off. And it doesn't make sense. When we're living as resurrected believers, we've got to begin to think, feel, and act in our relationships in the flow of life. And that takes a lot of time with the Holy Spirit, a lot of prayer with the Holy Spirit, a lot of wisdom, that spiritual wisdom and understanding that we've been praying for, for ourselves and for our sisters to be able to know because every situation is a little bit different. And you know, a lot of times as I have conversations with people maybe where they're struggling in a relationship or I let people have conversations with me where I'm struggling in a relationship, what's the thing that we usually say? Yeah, but, right? But yeah, let me tell you why I should be able to cut this flow off. Why I should be able to act this way. We always have a reason, right? And yet when we really think about it, God's flow of life never stops to us. And if we're going to really be on this team, we've got to adapt and, and come into the way and the culture of how his team operates. And it's, it's difficult, and it's counter to our culture. Our culture will give us a, mes a, a million justifiable reasons why we can act, we can think, and we can feel in ugly ways that are not life-giving, that have nothing to do with the love of God and the flow of life from the throne of God. They have everything of death. They look like death. And yet we're calling ourselves Team Life members. And I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you. It doesn't make sense. And we've been talking about all weekend how it doesn't make sense for us to be raised in our spirit, right? Raised to life one directionally, God doing that, and then for us to dwell in death. And that is absolutely true in our relationships too. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Yeah. And that's what our life should be about, right? Bless you, bless you, bless you. Right? I'm going to bless you in my mind. Thank you for that. I'm going to bless you in my mind. I'm going to bless you in my emotions. I'm going to bless you in the way that I act. With the love that's just flowing through me. With the grace with the, the joy, with the life. My mission in this life should be that I am receiving so much from the throne of heaven, like it's just a, a, a wellspring, just a river just flowing through me that I can't stop the flow, right? So I just let it flow. I let it flow. And, and you know what? I never have to worry about if you don't give it back to me. Why? Because I've always got a flow flowing into me, a life. And that's why when you go back to those verses that God gave us in chapter 3, those ones we've been memorizing, and it says this. It says, for you have died and your life 
is hidden with Christ in God. We've looked at that from several angles. I know we did last night. But if we can think of it as like, you know, I've died to the ways of this world. My life is not hidden in this world. I'm not trying to find my life in this world. I'm not trying to find my significance. I'm not trying to find my purpose, my identity in this world. My life is hidden in him. And I, in, in a place that maybe you can't even see, I have got this flow of heaven just flowing into me. So I am free to love you and to be in relationship with you and to be able to think of you with kindness and, and, and goodwill and blessing. I am able to feel that way about you. I am able to even act that way towards you, not because you've done anything for me, but because Christ has done everything for me. And so the death has got to get removed from our mind, our will, and our emotions, from our soul in the way we think of others. Now, this is very, it's tedious work, and it's tedious figuring it out, and there are going to be challenges in that absolutely, probably every day. It's easy to have that flow of life in the, in the relationships that we like, right? And, and when people are, are flowing it back, and I want to talk about that in just a moment too, but I really just want to cause you or ask you, and I think the Holy Spirit wants to ask us this morning to just think through our relationships that we're in and, and to just evaluate them and to say, am I letting the river of life flow? And I know that there are relationships where that's like really difficult to even go there. Like, like don't even ask me, right? <laughs> to think that way. If you only knew, and I don't know, but God does know, and I believe he still asked that of us. Now, that might look differently in different ways. And that's where you've got to have that spiritual wisdom and understanding. Um, many of you are familiar with Bill Johnson. He's pastor of Bethel Church. Um, I think some of the songs we sang this weekend are from Bethel. I mean, their worship and the impact that that church in Redding, California, having all over the world is phenomenal. I listen to Bill Johnson some. Um, I, I think he, he just has that fatherly, like I love the fatherly pastoral heart that he has for the body of Christ. But because Bethel has stepped out into some realms and, and um, really just kind of pushed through a lot of the acceptable religious traditionalism that's been prevalent in American Christianity, he has come under severe attack over the last 15, 20 years in their ministry. Um, and I've learned from him something very beautiful. And it's this idea even of the flow of life. I mean, he didn't put it like that necessarily. But one of the things that he has said several times in some podcasts that I've listened to him um, talk about is that, you know, there, there are prominent Christian leaders who actively speak out against him and attack him. And do you know what he does on a regular basis? He prays for God's blessing over them and over their ministries. He prays for their children and their grandchildren. He sends blessings to them. He nurtures feelings that wouldn't be there otherwise of life. Why? Because he's sitting with his father and receiving. You know? And he does that not only for the body of Christ, but he does that for his own heart. That his own heart would not begin to dwell in death. There are some relationships that maybe all we will ever be able to do is to pray and to pour into that person in prayer. 
But I really believe that a lot of times, and I think it would just time will bear out even in that situation with Bill Johnson, and he's just one of millions of people that need to do that, and I'm one of those people that need to do that too because I, like you, have people that I struggle with, right? Um, and, and maybe people that I've tried to make things right with it, it just isn't right. And so if nothing else, I can keep my heart open and keep that flowing so that when God is ready for maybe some, some feelings to come back the other direction or life begin to flow in a way that it should or redeem, I've already set myself up. Like I've positioned myself for the play. For when God's ready to do something else and shine his glory, I have not been, you know, over on the sidelines nursing my wound, but I've been in the field ready going, pick me because I am ready. Throw me the pass. I have gotten myself set up so I can shine for you. And I don't even like football, but you know what I mean. <laughs> All right? So th- this, we've got to set ourselves up. And, and if, if, if the only way you can do that is in prayer for that person, you have to seek the Lord. Because it would be easy to also hide in that and go, well, I'm just going to pray for them. And maybe the Holy Spirit's not going, no, you're going to send them an oath. Or you're going to call them up and say, let's have coffee. And you're going, oh, I can't do that. And no, you can't. But in the power of Christ, you can Right? Or maybe, you know, it's, it's, they have done things to you that are abusive. And so you know you can't be in that. You know what? Ask the Holy Spirit. He's creative. He can show you things. But the main thing is, is that you do not cut that off. You know what? That to me is an uncircumcised heart that is not willing to put your flesh out of the way and allow your heart to feel for that person and to see them like God does. It's an uncircumcised heart, and you're just saying, no, I'm closing it up, and I will not allow. I don't see that as being gospel-centered. I don't see that as being life-giving. And if we're part of team life, we have to operate in life. We all have to wrestle with that. I want to take you to a passage in Colossians right here, Colossians 3, verse 25. And really, if you look through chapter 3, most of that is all about relationships. It's all about relationships. How we treat one another, how we think about one another, how we interact with one another, family relationships, all those things. And God is calling the plays, right? He's set up plays. He knows how it works best. And this is what he says in verse 25. After, he start, after he's been talking about these relationships, he says, For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality. Now, you could read that and go, Oh, I'm so scared, right? I don't want to do it wrong. And I don't think God wants us to live in fear, but I think he wants us to have a reverence for the fact that he is the owner of the team. He is the coach of the team. He is the MVP of the team. He is all about relationships. This whole world that he created is about relationship. And he played the best play ever when he sent Jesus for us. And he's asking us to also mirror our relationships in that way. To let them flow with life. And when we don't, what he's letting us know, we're going to receive the consequences of that. Our hearts are going to hurt. Our hearts are going to be in pain. We're going to have awkward moments. And we're going to, you know, um, feel depressed. And uh, all the things, all the junk. And we all know what that junk is, right? That comes from, from dwelling in relationships that are hard and painful. And what I believe he's telling us here is if you don't do it my way, you're going to suffer. You're going to hurt. Now... 
Does it mean if you do it his way, there's not going to be pain, any, not going to be any pain, there's not going to be any hurt? I don't think that's what he means, right? We live in a world that's broken, but there's a lot of consequences that are unnecessary in our lives that we suffer from because we close off the flow of life in relationships. Obviously, I don't have all the answers about all of that. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Lord just wanted to keep it simple this morning and keep that just that statement, the flow of life in your relationships. What does that look like? And ask us as we go home and go out of here, because really that's what it's all about, the relationships that we have with God and with one another. And as we go out of here, that we, we wrestle with those things and we ask God those things. A lot of us have not even asked God because we didn't want to know what he had to say, you know, about the relationships that are hard in our lives. And, and a lot of those things, I know there's not easy answers. A lot of us, maybe we need to stay out of a certain relationship as far as having interaction, but it's about what's going on in our heart a lot of times too. And then trust God to do the rest. Give God, give God room to resurrect, right? Give him room to resurrect. Don't be the person that stops the flow of life in your own heart and in somebody else's heart. The other beautiful thing about relationships with this flow that I, I believe the Lord wants us to um, talk about for just a moment this morning is how beautiful is the flow when, it, when it's beautiful, right? I mean, hasn't it been rich this weekend to be in this flow of, of life? Like, it's almost like coming into the river and just enjoying it, you know? Years ago, there was a song out of the Vineyard Church that talked about the river of God. And when I first, it, it was popular when I first um, came into that time when I was about 29 with God. And I mean, I would just think on that, you know, and just what is it like to be in the river, to be playing in the river and joyous in the river and dancing in the river and all those things. That's what it's been like here this weekend. And so it's good. And so we need to also make sure that we're nurturing those relationships in our lives as well, that we get in the river of the flow of God. You need to be in relationship with people who also have the river flowing through them so that you can enjoy that river from them because God created us that we enjoy that with one another. And we see that in Colossians as these people are interacting in their lives and, and you know, fulfilling their positions and encouraging one another and having beloved relationships. And so it's super important that we make sure that, you know, we, we've all got relationships. Relationships at work, friends, neighbors, family, all those kinds of things. And, you know, there's a lot of those relationships that we absolutely have to be in and we should be in and we need to be the flower of life. But we need to also make sure that we're in relationships where people are also have a life flowing from them because then it just increases that encouragement to make sure that we keep our relationships in life and out of death. And that's what it's really all about, in life and out of death. And that includes the way we think about those people, the way we feel about those people, and the way that we act toward people. We cannot do it on our own, but there is a river of life that flows through us. Our life is hidden in Him. So I'm not looking for my life from other people, but boy, it's a joy when God just lets it flow, right? And the more I let it flow, more than likely, it's going to flow right back. And then we just get to experience the joy of it. God calls us to devote ourselves to prayer. And I think one of the main reasons we have to is our relationships. So that we will not become deceived like this world, doing relationships like the world does. The world does relationships in death. Ladies, we do relationships in the flow of life. And whatever that's supposed to look like in your life, you might not go home with all the answers, but it's a good question to ask God. 
What is that life supposed to be looking like in me and the relationships that I have? Jesus, I thank you that you are the giver of life and one directionally you came after us once and you've done it again and again and again, Lord, because you have a flow of life flowing through your heart and now we can experience it and we can let it flow out towards others and God, we just thank you for that so much. Help us, Lord, to not close off our hearts to the way that you could move through us in relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to take that card. We've all got our card that's our own, right? If you don't, you don't have yours. All right. I'm not sure where they ended up, but I want you to pretend that you do. Okay? I want you to pretend that you do. All right? And I want you to just look at yourself. So, okay. Um, Look at yourself and just think about what God has done in your heart this weekend. That you are a member of the team. That there are dreams in your heart, roles that God has given you, connections that you have with people, all of these things that God's been speaking of. And we're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to pray it out loud from Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12. But I want you to be praying it for yourself. And then we'll finish out here. God, what a precious group of people here in this room. Team Life members, we're a part of your team, and we thank you for that, Lord. And we want to pray, God. I want to pray for myself, and each of them are praying for themselves. But Lord, you would fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That is, team life manners. We would walk in a manner worthy of you, pleasing you in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing more and more and more and more, way beyond this weekend, in the knowledge of you and how that knowledge of you then gets fleshed out in the way we think and the way we feel and the way we act so that our resurrected life can really just flow and be complete in us, Lord. God, I pray because we can't do that on our own. Without you, we are powerless to live that way. But Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us with all power according to your glorious riches, Lord. And that we would joyously, as we see that happening, victory after victory after victory, God, give you thanks. Because you alone have qualified us to be on this team. To share in this inheritance, God. And what a true blessing that it is. We pray blessings of life on this team. We pray that the, the flow of life will flow through this team, God. As we go forth from this God, what a privilege it is to be on your team. Help us to be the best team member in the power of you that we could ever even ask, imagine, or think. Give us a victory story, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have a gift for you this morning. I'm going to put them right here. I'm going to ask you to just take one. But it is a set of the cards for you to take. Oh, you have a great set, okay?
Ladies, it's been a joy to share with you. Such an amazing job for us this weekend. The Holy Spirit uses her, our coach uses her for this. And how many people have read their Bible this weekend? Yes. That is what we want. That's what it's about. You have to, you know, these cards are from everyone, particularly about um, how you have encouraged them to read the word. But you have to open that. um, Sure. Yeah, and read it. Girl, read your Bible. (laughs) That is awesome. It truly is my joy. It is my joy to do to do this. Um, So thank you very much for all. I asked you on Thursday night to bring your best to the team this weekend, and you absolutely have. Thank you.